1: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. Tradition meets college football action in one epic bowl game. And with DraftKings Sportsbook, you can make every play count. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting $5 on college football. Download the app now and use code JOHN. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just 5 bucks on college football only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code J O H N, John, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit www.1800Gambler.net in New York. Call 877 Hope NY or text Hope NY 467 369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 or visit CCPG.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com/football for eligibility and deposit restriction terms and and responsible gaming resources. <coughs> What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, Three and Out Podcast. How are we doing, my people? Browns destroy the Jets. We will dive into uh, incredible season by the Brownies. Really is quarterback situation. Joe Flacco. Stefanski hires Jim Schwartz. What a fantastic year. Uh, That was a beatdown. Don't let the score fool you. That that felt like a forty-point win. The Jets. We'll dive into their situation. Jair Alexander suspended. I haven't touched on that yet. Lions Cowboys Saturday night, and I got a bold take of the week, which I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna place a wager on. Uh, and I, I've been thinking about it for a long time. I'm very confident in it. And I'm very excited for it. You listen on Collins feed. Make sure you subscribe to Three and Out feed. Appreciate everyone that has. We got a YouTube channel as well for all the content, all our podcasts, and yeah, let's uh, let's talk some ball. But first. I need you to grab your smartphone, grab your iPad, grab wherever you have your apps, and download the official ticketing app of this podcast. And they go by Game Time. Download them right now. It's very, very easy to do. And when you do, you can buy tickets to any sporting event, college, pro, NBA, hockey, you name it. Any sporting event, any concert, wherever you live. You want to go to do something fun? Download that app, go to a concert, you can check the sight lines, where you want to sit, the price points. Use the promo code, my name, J O H N. J O H N, $20 off. Saving you $20. Buy a pair of tickets, go enjoy yourself, and uh, save a little money while you're at it. So download the game time app, promo code John, and go have some fun and do it on us. You know, <laughs> that, was, that, that was one of those, if I didn't do this for a living, I, uh, I, I had the Oklahoma-Arizona game on my iPad. I, I probably would have turned the Thursday night game off. Uh, it was clear the Browns were the far superior team. Joe Flacco almost threw for 300 yards in the first half, and they curb stomped him. They ended him. And the more I thought about, like, what do I want to really talk about? Obviously, we're going to talk about Flacco, you know, the Jets and Rodgers. But, like, isn't we, we harp on this so much on this show because we talk ad nauseum about premium coaches paying for coaching staffs, paying for the best coordinators. And you watch tonight, Kevin Stefanski, who's now going to the playoffs for the second time as the Cleveland Browns head coach. I I, I don't know about you, but there are a couple franchises in my lifetime that I don't equate the playoffs with. That's the Lions, the Browns, the Raiders. So when you start going to the playoffs with those franchises, I'm sorry, you're really good. Here's the other thing about Stefanski. Stefanski's not like one of those CEO head coaches. You know, he calls the plays. So I, I never understood this when Robert Sala did it. Even when Brian Dayball did it last year, I know he won the coach of the year. Like, when I hire a younger coach, it's one thing if I hire an old guy. Belichick gets fired, and I'm a, the commanders, I want to hire him. Okay, whatever. Do what you do, Belichick. But when I'm hiring a guy like under 50, kind of want them to call a side of the ball. Now, I understand you feel comfortable with coordinators. But like, Robert Saul is a CEO head coach. His defense, who I'm told all the time is really good, fucking blows. His offense, for the majority of the season, has been one of the all-time embarrassments for like the second year in a row. And I watched Stefanski last year, and it's not all his fault. Part of it was the front office. They tried to go, you know, with this smaller defense that was going to be able to handle the pass. Well, they, they were like the worst rush defense in the league. Their defense as a whole became awful as the season went on. What did he do? He needed a new defensive coordinator. So who did he hire? Well, I don't know. A guy that just helped the Eagles win a Super Bowl a couple years ago and is widely considered one of the better defensive coordinators in the NFL, in Jim Schwartz. And now he can handle the offense because his quarterback situation has been crazy this year. Right? They got $230 million going to a guy who's played like 15 games for him who, let's be real, has had one good half of football for the Cleveland Browns. He beat the 49ers with P.J. Walker starting at quarterback. And now has Joe Flacco playing some of the best football he's played in a decade. Joe Flacco was signed, I, I had to Google it, November 20th to the, to the Cleveland Browns practice squad. It's, what's the date today? The tw- December 28th. So, so we're talking like 40 days. The dude was on his couch, maybe working out on the side, taking his kids to school. And now he's turning Joe Flacco... Into a guy that it's pretty crazy. I had to look it up. He made $175 million in his career. Joe Flacco made $175 million. And beside a couple years before he got paid in Baltimore, his career, I would say, was pretty underwhelming. Easy guy to like, easy guy to respect. I mean, the dude went to war with the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, in one of the great rivalries. Every day in practice, he's going to war with Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, uh, Haloti Nada, Terrell Suggs. Like, no one ever questioned. Flacco's like, toughness? It's like, is he any good? It's kind of like the Eli Manning thing. It's like, yeah, I know you got hot for a couple of playoffs, but are you actually good? And you watch him so far with the Cleveland Browns, it's like, God, maybe he's just letting it loose. For any of you that play golf, sometimes you're like, you know what? I'm not thinking about anything. I'm just going to play. See, see where it goes. And all of a sudden you get a couple birdies, you break 80, you're like, holy shit. Maybe I need to stop thinking about everything and just play. And that's how Flacco kind of feels. Just kind of letting it loose, playing free, nothing to lose, but... Tonight was just a clinic on superior coaches taking out other coaches. You'd be like, well, middle cop, they lost Aaron Rodgers four plays in. And listen, I picked the Jets to win the division. They would not have won the division if Aaron Rodgers had been healthy all season long. I, I don't even know if they would have been a playoff lock. But like, here's the thing. The Browns are well run. I, I can't say that about the Jets. I, I can't feel confident in the Jets coaching staff moving forward. You know, Hackett surely is going to come back because of Rodgers. We know Saul is. I I root for Saul and his dye beard, which, again, I I find a little weird. You know, you're like 43 years old. You got seven kids. Your team's, you know, well under 500. You're not going to the playoffs. You would think, like, I I saw Aaron Rodgers. He ain't dyeing his beard. It's like, you're not single. You you know, this isn't college recruiting. I just, people think I'm making too big a deal of this. To me, it kind of reflects, like, where are your priorities? Listen, we all do things to look have some vanity to us. I, I totally understand. I'm not saying just let it go. Maybe it's completely white, but I do I, I think it's a little weird. And it, it, listen, he was winning, wouldn't think anything of it. But this is a results-oriented business. His team always loses. He, Stefanski, same thing. Stefanski's literally playing with a quarterback that Salah had last year and who didn't look good for him. It was awful. Then Stefanski gets him. Fuck, he looks fantastic. Playing the best football you know, as good as he's played since, like, the Super Bowl run. So, I, I just, I don't know what to make of the Jets. Here's what I do know. I will not be fooled next year. I, I will not. I I'm definitely, I don't think I'm going to pick him to make the playoffs. Now, we got a long way to go, free agency, the draft. But, like, how can you feel confident that the group, that coaching staff, with a 40-year-old Aaron Rodgers, 40 years old, who, let's face it, who, listen, I we got into the Russell Wilson thing. The gap between them, even when they were kind of up and down, mile wide. They have nothing in common. But in those couple plays this year, at 39 years old, he did look a little slower. He wasn't as quick, which is understandable. Obviously had a bad year in 2022 for his standards. And now coming off the Achilles, their offensive line is not good. Well, guess what? It's like, well, just improve the offensive line. Not easy to do. One offensive lineman, average ones in free agency, very, very expensive. And drafting guys, like, you got to draft guys pretty high. it's just difficult, right? Especially tackles, which clearly is a major, major question mark. We've seen Joe Douglas draft a tackle before. He's not that good. So, their division, Buffalo and Miami, even if Belichick's fired, New England blows it up and starts over, okay, whatever. Like, the Jets have a better record than them now. How are they going to be better than Buffalo and Miami? Well, newsflash, they can't. They won't be. (laughs) You know, and I just... I, I was fooled this year. I bought into the Kool-Aid. Maybe it was the hard knocks, whatever. I, I don't know. But I, I don't have faith. Like last year with the hard knocks with the Lions, I, I bought into that too. But as the season went on, like they ended up going nine and eight. And then they came back this year, drastically improved in the draft because they had a high pick. They flipped that into the running back and the tight end. And they have a fantastic coaching staff. I mean, their offensive coordinator is one of the best in the NFL. Like you watch. The Browns, like I just said, listen, I, I don't know if Stefanski, where he ranks, you know, in terms of offensive coordinators, but I, I think it's pretty well established. He's good. He's good at his job. We know Jim Schwartz is good at his job. And then you look at the Jets and you go, who's good at their job, right? Nathaniel Hackett, I think we'd all agree. Not really. Well, Sala doesn't even call the defensive plays. Jeff Ulbrich does. Are, are those guys good? Because they they have talent over there, but yet when I watch the Jets, I go, that's not a good defense. So it's hard for me to say they're good at their job. And listen, Joe Douglas, I was thinking about this today. Because, you know, a huge part of this Russell Wilson conversation is the trade and those picks and what they got back for Seattle. Well, Seattle, and I had forgotten, right, obviously acquiring Jamal Adams, they gave up multiple first-round picks to the Jets. Yet, when you watch the Jets, you don't just see, like, elite players everywhere. And part of the reason is, you know, they missed on a couple picks. And clearly, the quarterback situation was a massive whiff. Now, that wasn't because of that trade, necessarily. Indirectly, I guess it kind of was. Even though Jamal Adams, they weren't winning or losing games because of him. But you know what I mean. So, listen. I know a lot of people in the NFL that have worked with Joe Douglas, with the Eagles and the Ravens, and they all like him. Like, I think he's a very easy guy to like. But, like to think that I feel confident that he knows what he's doing. Uh, I, I just can't say that. I, I can't feel confident on that. So I don't feel confident in your coaching staff. Don't feel great about the GM and just his track record and then the organization. And this is why, listen, I'm going to vote if I had one, I don't. I would vote for Dan Campbell. And we'll get into them, him playing the Cowboys here in a second. Just because anytime you elevate a disastrous, anything, it could be a company. It could be a football team. It could be a family. And you raise the level. Like, that's hard to do. That's really hard to do. The status quo is easy. If they fired Mike Tomlin and whoever goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'd expect them to be successful. Why? Because everyone is successful there. Matt LaFleur, right? Even though he's not going to win the Super Bowl this year, he'll probably end up going 8-9, 9-8, and and then next year be... Like, he's not going to suck. No one sucks at Green Bay. That's just not going to happen. But if you go to the Lions and you win, I give you extra credit. Same thing with Stefanski. Now, the thing is, Stefanski proved that a couple years ago. He could do it. Now, he's just kind of sustaining it. Now, we've talked about this before. It's going to get harder with Deshaun Watson's cap hit next year. You know, it goes from, I think, I forget the number exactly, like $19 million to $63 million. Huge gap. $43-plus million in disappearing cap space. So, their team's not going to be as deep. But man, it has been a fantastic coaching staff season for the cleveland browns and the joe flacco story let's face it is just fun it's just fun now someone dm me like do you think it's crazy at 35 to 1 to take put a little flyer on them to win the super bowl and listen like you see how good that their talent is how talented their defense is if flacco just plays solid like they can play with anybody they beat the 49ers with pj walker The problem with that bet, in my opinion, if the Ravens win that division, they'd have to go on the road three times just to get to the Super Bowl. And, you know, even if they're the five seed, they'll probably play Jacksonville. Okay, let's give them a win there. Once we get to the second round, you're talking at Baltimore or at Buffalo, you know, at Kansas City. And then if you beat that team, you then have to go to at Buffalo or at Baltimore. So it would just it would be one of the craziest runs we've ever seen. It, it really would. I'm pretty sure with Nick Foles because there was a lot of comparison with that with Al Michaels. You know, at night they were throwing that out there. It was, it was I saw it on the on the X, the as my mother calls it, the X Channel. Pretty sure the Eagles had a first round bye. so they only had to play two games. It, it, listen, this in football it's like the NCAA tournament. One loss, you're done. So I, I don't think they could win the Super Bowl but I definitely wouldn't want to fuck and play them. I'll tell you that much. I, I don't want no part of them, right? I, I, really, I expect them to win a playoff game, and nothing will shock me. I don't think they win the Super Bowl, but if you told me they won two playoff games, could see that, especially if you, their matchups were Jacksonville, then Miami, could definitely, they're, they're pretty matchup dependent, though they go toe-to-toe with Baltimore. They could definitely beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, would I pick them on the road? I, I, I don't know about that, but what a story. The Jair Alexander situation, which I I had about four people in the NFL forward me that over the last 24 hours. I saw it on Sunday afternoon uh, before I, I went to a Christmas Eve dinner. And I don't know if I wasn't super locked in. Maybe it was the holidays, the presents. I don't know. I didn't think that much of it. And then obviously the moment Gutekinds and the Packers come out with the suspension. And for those of you that don't know, Packers corner, highly paid guy who's been in and out of the lineup with injuries, went out with the team captains against Carolina. He was not a team captain, and he called heads and tails, right? He was not a team captain. He walked out with the team captains, who I guess the Packers pick three new captains every single week, and then he called the coin flip. And he not only called the coin flip, he then did it incorrectly. Because you either have to say, we accept, the, you know, we want the ball, we defer to the second half. He said defense, which means we want to go on defense, but would not even give you the ball in the second half. Luckily, the referee kind of corrected him and bailed him out in the situation. And he kind of sarcastically made fun of it after the game. And then he was suspended for contra- uh, conduct detrimental to the team. I was thinking about a situation when I was in, uh, in radio. Because I have had a situation where I have been a malcontent and not listened to authority. When I first got hired in radio, we had a boss who had worked at ESPN forever, who had worked with Colin, and, and most notably, like, the Mike and Mike show had been their producer. Had, had a lot of success. And he, he really taught me the ropes, and he gave me carte blanche to say whatever I wanted. He helped me whenever I would, like, get in, you know, battles with the Raiders about things I said. He always had my back. And it was just a... Uh, it was fun to work for him. It was, it was a cool situation. Then he left to run his own thing. And we got a new Boston. And very quickly, I didn't respect the guy at all. And listen, I, say, I, I, I bear some responsibility here, but I couldn't take anything he said seriously. So I just kind of stopped listening to anything he said. And one big thing before I ultimately got fired, because the Raiders wanted me out and he didn't get my back, of course, because he didn't like me. and I don't blame him. Though I I couldn't, I mean, I'm telling you this is the dumbest individual I've ever been around. I I can't even describe to you, it's impossible in words, Yeah, it'd take me an hour. But he used to want us to all study in this area called the bullpen. I refused, I just studied in a different office. And it would make him so mad and so mad, but he wasn't that confrontational, so he just like removed the desk and the chairs and everything in the office to be able to, you know, prepare for the show. So eventually I would go into the office. There'd be nothing there. So you, you couldn't even pray if you wanted to. So I was kind of, the last couple of weeks, I was forced to be in the bullpen. But it was just a classic like double middle fingers, F you move for me to authority. Like I, I'm not working for this guy. I have no, re- I can't listen to a word he says. I have zero respect. I have less respect now, you know, whatever, eight years later. But at the time, I, I couldn't even, it was hard for me even to look at the guy. and listen. When you have that, it's, it's easy to just kind of go rogue and do your own shit. And I, I do think there's a level of him doing this is kind of a major FU to everyone that runs the Packers. The general manager, and most importantly, the coaching staff. Because that's like, listen, I would say the captains in football, pretty sacred thing, right? Whether you're named a captain at the beginning of the season, whether they send you out for the coin toss, like, that's a pretty big deal. This is not, like, one of those things that sometimes, like, random guys just go out on their own. Like, I I would say, I'm 39 years old, been watching football a long time. The guys that go out for the coin toss know they're supposed to go out for the coin toss, and everyone on the team knows exactly who's going out for the coin toss. So for him to do that, and then say, like, be the voice in the group is one of the greatest middle fingers I've ever seen to a head coach. Now, I think the reason when the Packers suspend the guy, they use the general manager, because there's a good cop, bad cop. If LaFleur suspends him, there kind of gets the situation of, we might keep this player because he's pretty good and he's under contract, then they hate each other. I, I think it's already too far gone. And this situation, I know LaFleur, I always love when coaches do this. It's one thing if Belichick, or Andy, or Pete, a guy with a lot of pelts on the wall. Like, I'm not talking about that. It's like, Matt, I'm sorry. None of the other questions matter. Like, no one gives a shit about what you think of the Vikings offense. Why did this situation happen? Why did he get suspended? And he just kept saying over and over, about Minnesota, about Minnesota. It's like, Matt, this is the fucking big leagues. No one gives a shit about Minnesota. We just are interested in this situation. Like, how did this happen? And I do think it's a reflection of like, I don't think you can bring this player back. Like if Matt LaFleur is going to go on to be successful, I think these type situations are, maybe it's, maybe it's his move to try to get the defensive coordinator fired. I don't know. But this, it's pretty embarrassing. And the more I thought about it, the more I saw different players reactions. Like let's, let's face it. This is pretty crazy. Like things that are not crazy in the NFL. A guy get a DUI on Friday, play on Sunday right? Situation we saw with Vaughn Miller who came out today that said, listen, none of that stuff's true. What happened? You know, he got arrested for domestic issues. You know, he claims not true. It doesn't seem like it's true. He's got a baby on the way with her. Who knows? Like He said, I, I don't know, but he played immediately. <laughs> That's normal protocol in the NFL. This, you know, this type of stuff, never seen it before. And listen, w- when you don't respect authority, like it's not healthy for, for that person to be in the building. It wasn't healthy for me to be in that building because I wasn't going to listen to anybody because I didn't respect any of them. I didn't think any of them knew what the fuck they were doing. Turns out, all these years later, they don't. <laughs> and I'm very, I'm very happy the way everything's played out, which I knew in my gut probably would, right? <laughs> I needed to remove myself from the situation. And they happened to remove me from the situation, but I'm glad they did because they're a bunch of clowns. Now, I don't know if LaFleur and, and Gudakins are like clowns or anything, But I do believe, based on his actions, that that's how Alexander views those guys. Because if you respect someone uh, at at the highest level of any industry, especially when they're above you and they're your superior, you listen to what they say. Like, you you do what you're supposed to do, even when you don't always agree with it. Why? Because you respect it. When I worked in football with Pat Hill or with the Eagles, with Howie, and the coaching staff with the Eagles and Andy, Listen, I didn't agree with everything I was told to do, but I did it. No, the volume. Like, If anyone Colin, hits me up, like I, I fucking do it, right? But when you don't respect, it's, it's impossible to have a functional work environment. That's bad luck. <laughs> okay, let's talk about my friends at Morgan & Morgan. Do you know that getting in an accident is hard? Hiring Morgan & Morgan is easy. of all fatal accidents occur between 6 o'clock and midnight. People aged 15 to 24 had the highest rate of emergency room visits due to car accidents of all age groups. Morgan & Morgan is America's largest injury firm with over 100 offices nationwide and 900 lawyers. Morgan & Morgan has been fighting for the people for over 35 years. Listen. We've all known people who have gotten accidents and having good representation is key. Having someone that you can believe in and submitting an injury claim with Morgan & Morgan is so easy. If you're ever injured, you can check out Morgan & Morgan. Their fee is free unless they win. For more information, go to ForThePeople.com slash John. Or pound law, pound 529 from your cell phone. That's ForThePeople.com slash
0: bundled savings variant are not available in every state
1: coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions there's no distance too far for the perfect trip hi checking in for or the perfect table hey where are you coming and when you get access to resi priority notify with your amex platinum card hey this looks amazing i'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through amex travel it's worth the trip That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I've said over and over, I'm going Dan Campbell. I think he would validate my, uh, my stance if he beats the Cowboys this weekend in Dallas. Though, I don't think this must win for Detroit. Right? They've already had an extremely successful season. Won the division. They're going to win at minimum, I think, 11 games. They win this game, they're going to win 12. Fantastic season. Cowboys need to win this fucking game. (laughs) I don't think there's any way around it. I I, I was wrong. I picked him to win the division at the beginning of the season. There was hope a couple weeks ago. And then they got curb stomped by Buffalo. But then, against Miami, they have one of the better drives, given the circumstances, I can remember. I thought, God, this is kind of a season-defining moment for Dak. Leads him on this game-winning drive. They're going to they're, they're gonna beat Miami. It's a good win. This is a, Miami's been good. Beat Mike McDaniel. Beat Vic Fangio. This is a nice win. This is a really, really nice win. And then their defense gives it up. Miami goes right down the field. Boom. Wins the game. And I don't have as much faith in Dallas. And I, listen, I want to take them seriously going into the playoffs. But you can't lose all these games. Especially to Miami and Detroit. And have anyone take you seriously going into January. Listen, most people are going to pick them in that four or five matchup, regardless who they play, which that won't change my opinion. But I, I will not have not only any confidence, how could you have any faith that Dallas is going to beat a real team if they can't beat the Lions, who are a playoff team at home, coming off two straight losses and desperate just to get some positive mojo going before the season ends? It's almost like Jerry Jones just cursed them. He said a couple weeks ago after they got their ass kicked by Buffalo, the best thing that's happened to this team this season had been the coaching staff. And then two straight weeks, they just have bad losses to playoff teams. And this is a game where every time we just universally kind of praise Mike McCarthy, it's like, you know who's doing a pretty good job this year? You know know who's got this team rolling? Mike freaking McCarthy. Calling Plays. Dan Quinn, backwards hat, calling defense, like, coaching staff, man, the Cowboys. And then you watch them against the Bills, and then you watch that fourth quarter against Miami, and you're like, why do we do this to ourselves? I'm fascinated to see Saturday if they bounce back. I'm not confident. I wouldn't put any money on this game, but I think this is borderline must-win for Dallas if they want to do anything going into the playoffs. One story, like, I just think is so stupid now. Like, it's so pointless when we do the ratings game with the NFL. Like, the NFL stole Christmas from the NBA. Well, yeah, no shit. The the NFL is infinitely bigger. Like, comparing the two is pointless. It's like comparing McDonald's and just some hole-in-the-wall burger joint. Like, this is no longer a fair fight. So, if the NFL is going to put games on a given day, whoever else is on that given day is done. They do not stand a chance. Whether it's the World Series, whether it's Christmas in the NBA, TNT forever had Thursday night basketball. Well, guess what they started doing? Changed it during the fall because it wasn't worth getting obliterated by Thursday night football. The NFL is so far ahead of everyone right now, it's not even funny. Everyone else is just, the difference between golf, MMA, NBA, Major League Baseball, they're all kind of swimming in the same lane. A couple million here, 700000 here, depending on the event. The NFL is in a different stratosphere. So when I see all these people arguing on social media of like, "What? of course the NFL killed them. They've been killing everyone forever. They're the number one television show in America for a long, long time running now. And that is not going to change anytime soon. I've said it forever. I have no clue how long the NFL stays on top. For, you know, personally, as someone that does this for a living and just enjoys watching football, I hope it lasts for a while. I'm not naive enough to ask like, act like it's going to be indefinite, but for the foreseeable future, they're going to run circles around everyone. They have what these other sports can't, you know, replicate. Urgency, lack of inventory, the gambling aspect. We gamble on football. We don't gamble on these other sports, newsflash, right? Fantasy football, it's so many more women now watch the sport. It is just it's in a different stratosphere. So when people are constantly arguing, like, of course they stole Christmas. Now, are they next year when Christmas, I don't know if it's on Tuesday or Wednesday, it's it's not on an NFL day. Would they still put games there? My guy Ethan Sherwood Strauss wrote an article today. One thing that has inflated television numbers, which actually hasn't helped these other sports but has helped football, is out-of-home viewing. So like on Thanksgiving, for example, when 40-plus million people watched the Cowboy game, Cowboy, who they play? The Commanders. 17 million of those 41 million were out-of-home viewers. It'd be the equivalent of like my brother, my mom, and all those people at my house watching the game. So they started counting people that weren't necessarily at home, but were still watching the game other places especially at bars, restaurants, all those things. And that has really helped the NFL. And the NFL knows that. So now on holidays, they know they'll get a huge boost. All these sports bread is buttered, but mainly especially football, basketball, I know golf. Baseball's a little different cuz they got 81 home games, so attendance does matter. But these huge event days, right like uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas Eve, Christmas, when everyone is going to have the TV on, the NFL is going to keep doing business there. They can say they're not going to move the schedule around. Bullshit. Not after seeing those type numbers and not after seeing what it means to their television partners. Because the NFL is in business with CBS, Fox, NBC. You know who likes having inventory on those games that are going to get 25 to 35 million people watching? Their partners. And guess what their partners do? Paid them $111 billion for a decade. So I don't care what day Christmas is on moving forward. I would expect the NFL. I don't know if it's always going to be three. Maybe it'll just be one if it's on a weird day. But they're going to have a game or two. I'll, I'll promise you that. Because when you're on top, one thing you continue to do is keep the pedal to the metal. Keep, keep the gas pedal down. And keep doubling down. Because uh, that's how you continue to separate. And that's just how these successful people operate in life. I want to end on this. My Guinness Bold Take of the Week. And I've been thinking about this for a while. And I, I don't know the exact amount of money I'm going to do. I, I, you know, I was like, should I go with $10,000, I'm like, that'd be a pretty big hit. You know, I, got, I still got this remodel. Still got some things to finish. I'm tempted. But I, I think at minimum, I'm going to go two. I might go five. I'm going to put a lot of money on the Washington Huskies to win. And I just read an article by Pat Forty uh, about Kalen Dubore. And it actually resonated with me. Because Kalen Du facing Steve Sarkeesian. A guy that I haven't believed in. Really ever. And I listen, he's had a hell of a season. His team's good. I'm not going to dispute him this season. It's the best season he's ever coached. Kalen Dubore has been winning now for almost two decades. Everywhere he's went, Uh, I screwed it up before I said it's Sikawa Falls, it's Sioux Falls, where he was an NAIA coach. And at one point in time, he won 56 out of 57 games. His offensive coordinator, Coach Grubb, who Nick Saban tried to hire this offseason, turned him down. And they talked about during that period of time where they would eat pregame meals in a park with sandwiches out of a cooler. Steve Sarkeesian was the quarterback coach at USC at 27 years old. This guy in his late 20s and early 30s was at Sioux Falls coaching NAI football. All this guy's ever done is win. All this guy's ever done is win. He won there. He was the offensive coordinator for the winningest season in Indiana football in three decades. He went to Fresno State and in his one full season. He went 9-3. Obviously at Washington, he's won 20 straight games. So. I just believe in this guy. And he resonates with me. He's a small school guy. Sark's a big school, glamorous, USC, you know Alabama, just bright lights, Texas. This guy cut his teeth when no one was paying attention. And listen, as a guy that was a small school football, Cal Poly, Fresno State, that resonates with me. And those are the type of guys I root for. And I find this guy not only easy to root for, I think he's a star. I, I-, I think he's a shooting star. And I think there's a chance in five years, ten years, we view this guy as a top two or three coach in the country. And I think it starts on Monday when he takes out Texas and he wins a playoff game. Now, I'm not going as far as I think he's going to win the national championship, but I think he beats Texas. So my bull take of the week, I'm going Washington as an underdog outright to beat the Texas Longhorns. Brought to you by Guinness. Gather your friends, raise your glasses, toast to a win. Guinness drafts out. Supported by Diageo Beer Company, USA, New York, New York. Please drink responsibly.
0: The Volume. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, The cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
2: With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash.
0: This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History